well, it's taken me six weeks, and I finally figured out what was going wrong. You see, I've preached for 14 years as a pastor now. For the last decade, I haven't preached in a pulpit. I'm a perambulating preacher, a perichoretic preacher. I walk as I talk, and I'd been trying to sit down and preach and talk with you all, and it just hasn't felt right. And so finally this week, I I did some readjusting and raised my camera, uh, raised the things I have in front of me uh, so that I can stand and preach a little more comfortably. Um, It's amazing how we adjust to circumstances, how we get used to this new normal that we're all living in. But we are. We're getting used to it. Uh, Things are changing. We're discovering new things about ourselves and about one another. And we keep going. And as we keep going, week six of quarantine time, quarantine, as we keep going, we're encountering new stories now. And uh, this is the story of Hagar. I want to dig a little bit deeper into Hagar's story and spend a little bit more time with the text itself. But first, I want to ask you, have you ever felt overlooked? Have you ever felt that someone was looking at you and just looked right on past you to the people behind you, the more important people, the better people, the smarter people, the better looking people, the funnier people? Have you ever felt overlooked? I think we all have. I think we've all felt at different times overlooked and unseen. You know, the challenge for a preacher is uh, sometimes now that I'm preaching online, the people that I will tell stories about are watching from wherever they are. Got to be a little more careful. So, uh, hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Good to see you. As a child, I can remember feeling overlooked. My brother, Marcus, was a straight-A student. When I would walk into classes, it was not uncommon for the teachers to say, Oh, you're Marcus's little brother. I was the one in their class, and still they saw my brother. Or to feel overlooked, because my brother John was an exceptionally talented artist. Very popular at school. So whether by my parents or at school, I often found myself feeling like I was overlooked, like I was unseen, like I was the third wheel, because that happens when you're the third brother. Now, I wasn't. I was 
an overdramatic teenager who perceived that life was very, very difficult, but I felt overlooked. We've all felt overlooked at different times, haven't we? I bet you've had the same experience. Feeling overlooked and unseen. And that brings us to Hagar. Hagar was Abraham and Sarah's slave. Now don't get it twisted. Often the translations will call her a servant. And that's not at all what the word is. The word is slave. She was Abraham and Sarah's slave. But we're not comfortable (laughs) with slavery. Makes us squirm a little bit because we have a unpleasant history in this country with slavery. And so genteel translators have tried to make us feel better. She was Sarah's maidservant, slave, property. In fact, Sarah didn't see Hagar at all. Hagar, tradition tells us that perhaps she came from Egypt or she came from a royal family and was given to Sarah. And Hagar is not an Egyptian name. Hagar is Hebrew. Hagar. And it's not even a name. Hagar is called the foreigner. The stranger. The alien. The immigrant. That's all she's called. It's not even feminine. It's an item. She's the stranger. She's the foreigner. Sarah's slave. Which slave? The foreign one. Even among the slaves. Because Sarah undoubtedly had others. Even among the slaves, Hagar is low on the totem pole because she's Hagar, the foreign one. Talk about overlook. This is an uncomfortable story because what happens is Sarah is unable to conceive. And I get it. That's painful. Anyone who has struggled with infertility can tell you that it is painful to want to hunger for a child, to not be able to conceive. That was Abraham and Sarah. And Sarah says, since you are, since we are, since I am unable to conceive, why don't you, Abraham, go into the foreign one? This is not a Sunday school Bible story. Sarah was giving Abraham, her slave. Hagar had no choice in this matter, to be clear. She's a slave. And she does what her mistress tells her to do. We don't know if Hagar might have been in love with another slave in the harem. We don't know if Hagar might have had a husband back home in Egypt. 
We don't know that part. But we know that her owner said, you will conceive with my husband. And she did. And she thought that maybe this added something to her status. Maybe she had achieved something. Maybe now she would be seen, called by her name, respected. But she wasn't. In fact, all it did was make Sarah jealous of her. And she mistreated her. She treated her harshly, says the Bible. That word treated her harshly. Dr. Will Gaffney points out that that's the same word that's used for what the Egyptians did to the Israelites. Oppressed, persecuted, punished, beaten. That's what Sarah did to Hagar. And no one stood up for her. Her oppression, her persecution, her punishment went unseen. Feels that way to lots of people who experience abuse. They feel unseen. They try perhaps to tell their story, but nobody believes them. Even when it's not that serious, Our difficulties, that is. Whether it's struggling with loneliness during a quarantine or struggling with a loss of income during a government shutdown or a slowdown. Whether it's struggling with physical or mental health during this time. Whether it's just plain missing your friends and family. We can feel unseen in our difficulties. It's not that bad, says someone. Other people have it worse, you know, says another. Why don't you try having a better attitude? Unseen. And so Haggai, the foreigner, runs away out into the wilderness. And there in the wilderness at a spring, a messenger from God encounters her, a messenger that she eventually recognizes is God. And this is the amazing thing that happens. God first blesses her with the same blessing that God has given to Abraham and Sarah. I will give you so many children that they can't be counted. Abraham receives this blessing. It's the founding of a nation. And here Hagar receives the same blessing. Hagar the foreigner says, God, I will bless you. And I will bless your son. And he will become the father to many nations. It's the same blessing given to Abraham in regard to his son Isaac. And then this moment comes. God blesses Hagar. And then, take note of this verse. 
verse 13, 1613. Hagar named the Lord who spoke to her, you are El Roy, the God who sees. In the Abraham story, it is God who renames Sarah and Abraham. Later on, God will rename Jacob as Israel. When Moses encounters God at the burning bush, God will tell Moses what the name is. But here, Hagar names God. Hagar is the only person in Scripture who gives God a new name. And she says, you are God El Roy, the God who sees. <laughs> what a story to overlook. What a story to lie forgotten for so long of this heroic woman who renames God. Hagar recognizes that this is the God who sees us for who we truly are. This is the God who sees us, no matter how insignificant we feel. This is the God who understands who we truly are, not what other people have called us, not what other people have known us as. This is the God who truly sees us. You are seen. You are truly seen, friends, by God Elroy, by the living one who sees and understands. God sees the things that you struggle with. God sees the things that weigh heavy on your heart. God sees the gifts that you offer to this world. God sees you. And even when you feel like running off into the wilderness with Hagar, God still sees you. I'm grateful grateful that we have a God who sees us and knows us, that I know that no matter what else happens, no matter who else misunderstands me, no matter what else draws me away from God, God has seen and knows me. And God sees and knows you. And God loves you in all those things that you are the gifts and the flaws, the talents and the shortcomings, the love and generosity you have, and also the times when you fall short of that. And God calls you to see your neighbor with the same eyes. God who sees. Elroy asks you to see your neighbor too. That's the story of Hagar.
Genesis 16. An unsung hero of our scripture who teaches us this new name of God. God Elroy. May you rest assured in the knowledge that you are seen and loved. And may you also see and love.